Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon, and welcome to the MoGo Q3 2021 earnings conference call and webcast. Please note that all lines will be in listen-only mode until the question and answer session of today's conference. To ask a question over the phone by that time, you may press the star key followed by the number one. I'll now turn the call over to your host, Head of Investor Relations, Craig Armitage. Sir, you may now begin. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, and thanks uh, for joining us today. Um, just a couple of quick uh, notes before we get started. Uh, first, today's call will contain forward-looking statements that are based on current assumptions and subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected. The company undertakes no obligation to update these statements except as required by law. Information about these risks and uncertainties are included in our Q3 2021 filings as well as periodic filings with regulators in Canada and the United States, which you can find on CEDAR, EDGAR, and the company website. Uh, Second, uh, today's discussion will include some adjusted financial measures, which are non-IFRS measures. Uh, These should be considered as a supplement to and not as a substitute for the IFRS financial measures. Uh, Also, the amounts today are discussing Canadian dollars unless otherwise indicated. And lastly, as per our normal practice, we do have presentation slides available to accompany today's call, I encourage you to download those uh, from the Investor Relations section of the website. Uh, with that, I'll turn the call over to Dave Feller to get us started. Dave? Thanks, Craig. Good afternoon and welcome to MoGo's third quarter 2021 results call. I'm joined today by Greg Feller, our President and CFO. Building on a strong Q2 result, this quarter showcased the strength of our business and its multiple revenue drivers, which helped drive record subscription and services revenue growth even in a market where some fintech and crypto companies saw declining sequential Q3 revenue. The diversification we've added has really helped to solidify the business model. Building a successful fintech is definitely hard. You have to differentiate yourself from the existing banks as well as the fintech competition, while also developing solid unit economics and a business model. MoGo has clearly demonstrated success in this regard, and at the same time, we appreciate we're still at a small scale relative to the massive market opportunity. As a result, we are investing heavily and appropriately for long-term growth, led by our biggest initiative ever in MogoTrade. Two of the biggest issues of our time are climate change and the wealth gap, and they are clearly linked and ties directly into our mission. Our team continues to be guided by a simple mission to make it easy and engaging for consumers to get financially fit and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Save planet, stack money. Our strategy and performance are driving our results and reflected in strong third quarter and year-to-date performance. Highlights include 64% increase in our member base to 1.8 million, subscription and services revenue accelerated to 126% year-over-year, payment processing volume was up 65% to 2.4 billion, and just as importantly, through our platform, our members have now contributed to planting over 500,000 trees. Ultimately, we believe that a next-gen money solution will be one that makes it simple and engaging to not only achieve financial freedom, but in a way that also positively impacts the planet. The fact is that becoming a millionaire is very achievable for almost anyone if they get into the right habits early on. 
If someone today who is 20 years old began investing just $200 a month in the market based on the average return over the last 100 years of the S&P, they could get to almost $3 million by the time they're 70 years old. And if that member was also using MoGo for the majority of their spending and investing, during that timeline, the average person was, would also plant over 30,000 trees. There's no question that the hardest part of wealth building equation really comes down to spending. As we all know, it's possible to be broke even if you have a high income and if you're overspending. Just as it's possible to be on track to being a millionaire even if you're only making 30000 a year, well below the average. If you're spending less than you make, so you have more money for saving and investing. Today, we live in a world of not only credit cards that make it easy to overspend, but new solutions like buy now, pay later that also help drive overspending. We are focused on more of the buy now, pay now lifestyle and helping people spend less than they make, which is why our average user reports saving over $200 a month. Again, $200 a month invested can turn into almost $3 million over time. What's more, this is the first and only spending card in Canada that actually makes it easy and even free to not only be net zero, but climate positive. The average Canadian uses their debit and credit card about 50 times a month. If that was done through MoGo, the average person would plant enough trees to absorb about 300,000 pounds of CO2 a year, which is more than six times the average carbon footprint of a Canadian today. So this isn't just a tool to control spending. It's perhaps the most powerful tool around for the average person to make a big impact in helping stop climate change. In fact, if just 20% of all spending in Canada were done through this card, Canada would be climate positive today. We are still early days in the new value proposition and continue focused on increasing awareness of the product and encourage with the growth trend we're seeing in spend volume with Q3 up over 900% versus the same period last year. The other part of the planet saving stacking money solution is investing and our goal is to build the leading next-gen digital wealth platform in Canada and we're extremely excited about the progress we're making in this area. This is a massive market in Canada. In fact, Canadians have over $8 trillion in financial assets, including more than $3 trillion in equities, mutual funds, and EFTs, ETFs. There are two key elements of our wealth platform that we're focused on. One is passive investing, and the other is active investing. In the long run, we believe that most people have a blend of both, and so we see the two as complementary. In terms of active investing, we're still heads down on our biggest growth initiative ever, MogoTrade. MogoTrade is now a Canadian registered investment dealer and a member of IROC. Our goal with MogoTrade is to build a modern next-gen trading platform that is truly native to where things are going. We continue to witness the rise of retail trading, not just in equities, but in cryptocurrencies and even NFTs. It's no longer just a world of Monday to Friday where the markets close at 4 p.m. We now live in a world where things are being traded 24-7, 365 days a year globally, particularly with crypto. Our goal for trade is to build a platform that has been built with this new world in mind. As previously announced, our goal is to start, start with commission-free stock trading, and our goal remains to launch this in the quarter, this quarter, subject to regulatory approval. Unlike the U.S., commission-free trading is still very new in Canada, and there is currently only one other commission-free trading app in the market, and we expect to be the second. We are also excited about our differentiated value proposition, including the first trading app, that also helps make every investment you make greener by planting a tree with every stock purchase. There are also some other firsts in terms of innovation in the Canadian market, which we think will help us achieve product market fit early on. Again, our goal remains to launch this quarter, subject to final regulatory approval. We were one of the earliest companies in Canada to offer Bitcoin back in 2018, and we believe more than ever in the market opportunity for crypto. This space is rapidly evolving, and we plan on being a major player in the Canadian crypto space. 
From a product standpoint, our goal is to build a leading crypto platform within MogoTrade right alongside stock. In terms of growth opportunity for crypto, the estimated market cap of stocks globally is around $100 trillion today versus just $3 trillion for crypto today. What's more, again, crypto trade 24-7, 365, and global in nature. Similar to how we have put the pieces together for stock trading, we are very focused on the strategic components for crypto and importantly believe that the future of this space is a platform that brings them all together. Worth noting, we also recently announced the first climate-positive Bitcoin in the world, so now the best-performing asset class of last decade is now one of the greenest through MoGo. The other key part of our wealth building platform is passive investing, and through our asset management business, we offer, we offer passive investing to our members, including the ability to round up and save or make regular contributions. Total AUM is approaching approximately $300 million today, and an area that we also believe will continue to grow right alongside active investing. Gamification has always been an important part of our product strategy, and our Bitcoin rewards program is something we continue to build out and leverage, both internally with our members as well as externally with new marketing partnerships like the one we recently announced with the Elman Combo. Just like any good game, our goal is to reward users with Bitcoin as ways to motivate them towards their financial goals, whether that's improving their credit score or reaching savings goals. Just another example of what we think a modern platform will look like versus traditional banking experience today. Why not making getting wealthy and saving the planet one of the coolest and most rewarding games you can play? In terms of our brand and marketing strategy, we are continuing to focus on not only cost-effective channels to drive growth, but important partnerships like gaming that not only help to drive relevancy of our brand, but leverage gamers for spreading the word. Lots of exciting things on the horizon here, and I believe in the long run our brand can and will become a competitive differentiator alongside a strong and differentiated product and value proposition. One of the key strategic advantages we have with our platform is our payments platform. Not only does this give us the benefits of vertical integration in terms of long-term cost advantages, but also serves as another revenue driver. We've seen this model before in terms of companies like Amazon building a core competency in web services and then offering this as a service for other, for other businesses. Again, our payments volume is up 65% year over year to 2.4 billion. Another important strategic opportunity with this business is potential new partnership opportunities for, uh, for Mogo through our B2B partners. As we continue to build out our platform and key areas like legal and compliance, we continue to build a competitive moat that isn't easy to replicate. Hundreds of millions in investments and years of work are needed to get to where we are today, and we continue to build on this moat every quarter. With that, I will introduce Greg to walk through the financials. Thanks, Dave. Building on a strong Q2, our third quarter results were again highlighted by accelerating top-line growth from an increasingly diversified set of products and revenue streams, which allowed us to raise outlook for both Q4 subscription services revenue as well as total revenue for full year 2022. Key third highlights include a significant jump in our member base, second quarter in a row of accelerating total revenue growth, and third quarter in a row of accelerating subscription services revenue growth, record gross profit, and we also ended the quarter with a strong balance sheet, including approximately $64 million of cash and in our investment portfolio. This amount excludes our approximate $128 million book value investment in crypto exchange CoinSquare. Mogul's total member base increased by 64% over last year to approximately 1.8 million members from a combination of accelerating net member additions and the benefit of members acquired as part of our MOCA acquisition. We believe the scale of our member base, which excludes CoinSquare, is approximate 600,000 members, puts us in rare category in terms of member breadth and scale in Canada. 
Our member base is also an incredibly valuable asset that enhances our ability to successfully launch new products like Mogo Trade. That product in particular should enable us to both increase member monetization as well as further accelerate the growth of new members. Q3 2021 revenue growth of 58% was driven by continued acceleration of subscription services growth, which increased 126% year over year, now makes up 61% of total revenue. The growth comes from an increasingly diversified set of products and revenue streams, including the contribution of acquisitions, along with a substantial increase in Mogo card volume and revenue, which saw volumes increase 834% year over year, as well as strong organic growth of subscription and payment processing revenue. Mogo Crypto was not a driver of revenue growth this quarter, given the overall decreases in volume seen in the market, but we still exceeded expectations this quarter, highlighting the diversification and recurring components of our model. In a period of high revenue volatility experienced by a number of fintech and crypto players, we were very happy with both the growth and resiliency of our model, which includes a high percentage of recurring revenue across a diverse stream of products. The high recurring revenue component of our model at approximately 95% also gives us increased confidence in our outlook. Total ARPU of $36 this quarter was down slightly from last quarter due to significant growth in our average member count during the quarter. Although we expect this number to have some volatility quarter to quarter, in the long term, we see a significant opportunity to expand this metric. As a reminder, the average ARPU by most of the Canadian banks and credit unions is $1,000 or greater. In 2020, we clearly demonstrated the underlying profitability of our financial model. Combined with strong industry tailwinds, this gave us a conviction to significantly increase our investments in growth initiatives, and we are starting to see the benefits of those investments in Q3. Specifically, we continue to make the large investments in the largest investment in our history in the development of Mogo Trade, which we expect to be a major driver of, of member and revenue growth. This is a massive TAM. We were in very, very early innings of the shift in Canada to a fully digital mobile trading experience, not to mention the shift to commission-free trading. In addition, we are making a big investment in digital payments business as we expand into the massive U.S. market and see significant opportunities to grow the business over the long term. Importantly, we have, we have discussed before a high profitability model that generated close to 50% margins in Q2 and Q3 um, when we chose to dial back our levers. This should give investors confidence in our ability to manage the growth spend and these levers going forward. A significant and perhaps underappreciated asset on our balance sheet is the 39% ownership in crypto platform CoinSquare. Our total book value of our investment on our balance sheet is approximately $129 million in the quarter. When you include this investment alongside our cash, cash, digital assets, and investment portfolio, we have close to $200 million cash investments on our balance sheet today. It's the second period we've accounted for the investment under the equity method, and we recognize pickup loss of $2.5 million and $5.5 million for the three and nine months for September 30th. The $2.5 million loss was driven primarily by Mogo's share of CoinSquare's $5 million loss in the quarter um, and the amortization of CoinSquare's intangible asset fair value at acquisition date. CoinSquare's Q3 loss was largely driven by non-operating losses related to the revaluation of equity investments in the quarter, including shares it holds in Mogo. In terms of Q3 results for CoinSquare, they were impacted by lower cryptocurrency volumes that were also seen across the broader sector. Subsequent to Q3, however, CoinSquare has seen a meaningful pickup in volumes, resulting in revenue of $3.6 million for the month of October alone, which represents a meaningful increase over the average performance in Q3. CoinSquare's total assets under custody were approximately $851 million at the end of October. 
We continue to be big believers in the disruptive power of crypto and its importance in any next-gen digital financial platform and continue to view CoinSquare as a strategic and attractive long-term investment. Although we do have crypto-related revenue at MoGo, it accounts for less than 5% of our total revenue, so crypto volatility doesn't have a meaningful impact on our core business and results. During Q3, we also announced a small investment in Tetra, which spun off from CoinSquare and became Canada's first qualified custodian for crypto assets. Core business is the custody and storage of cryptocurrency assets, including Bitcoin, Ether, and a variety of other digital assets. We continue to have a sizable investment portfolio on our balance sheet of about $19 million, which we have been slowly migrating from legacy investments into companies that we believe had strategic value and partnership opportunities for MoGo and our ecosystem in Canada. A great example is our investment in the e-gaming sector, which increasingly is converging with the crypto sector, as well as the emerging metaverse, all of which are clearly relevant for MoGo and our role in that ecosystem. Our portfolio includes investments in digital assets, Bitcoin and Ethereum, with both seen significant appreciation since our original investment was started back in January. We also expect to see monetization opportunities within the portfolio over the next 6 to 12 months as some of our portfolio companies pursue IPOs. Our strong results here to date and the multiple growth drivers have talked about today enable us to increase our financial guidance for the remainder of 2021 as well as for 2022. Specifically, we expect year-over-year growth of 110 to 115% in subscription services revenue in Q4. That compares to the previously uh, guidance of 100 to 110%. We are also expecting total revenue for 2022 in the range of 75 to 80 million, up from previous guidance of 70 to 75. While we are investing heavily in growth, we do anticipate improving adjusted EBITDA margins in, in 2022. And we also believe that we continue to increase our scale. EBITDA margins in the range of 35% are achievable over time. While we do expect to remain active in M&A, we have not factored that into our outlook at this time. To quickly summarize, it's been a strong year to date for MoGo, and we are carrying great momentum into 2022, where we expect to complement an already strong revenue profile with upside for MoGo trade. We're targeting a massive addressable market supported by long-term tailwinds, and we are heavily investing to build a next-gen fintech platform that can capture more of this market. With that, we will now open the call to questions. Operator. Participants, we will now begin the question and answer session. As a reminder, to ask a question over the phone, you may press star 1. To withdraw your request, you may press the pound key. Speakers, our first question is from Doug Taylor of Canaccord. Your line's now open. Yeah, thank you. Good afternoon. Uh, I wanted to ask a, a couple more questions about, you know, MoGo Trade seems uh, pretty imminent here. I mean, can you just update us on what these final steps are? I mean, is there, you know, any risk of the launch slipping out of the quarter? Or are these pretty much rubber stamps? Um, you know, any additional color there? Um, yeah, so so I'll, I'll take that. Uh, you know, look, we're, we, we are confident in, in our ability from a, from a product perspective to um, launch uh, before quarter end. Um, as Dave mentioned, um, the, uh, the regulatory approval that we require uh, is effectively related to a change of business for the acquisition uh, of fortification. Um, and we do believe that that's something that uh, we can get before year end, but obviously it's not something that uh, that we directly control. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's hard for us to, you know, specifically comment 
uh, beyond that. But but at this stage right now, we are hopeful that we're going to be able to launch this before year end. So, I mean, just is all the development work uh, behind the scenes done and you're just waiting for that approval? Is that kind of the state of affairs right now? Is this uh, thing functioning on a, you know, beta or trial basis internally? Yeah, Dave, you can maybe touch on uh, on the status of the product. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we are obviously um, we've been actually using essentially a, a version of the app for a while now, um, and obviously keeping a close eye on things as it relates to kind of regulatory approval. Uh, you know, this is a product that um, there's going to be a lot of development, even when we launch what we really consider the MVP. Uh, there's going to be ongoing development and iterations and new features, et cetera. So this is uh, an ongoing project and will continue to be even after the launch of, you know, what we kind of look at as our kind of MVP, minimal viable product. Um, but, uh, you know, bottom line is we're going to be ready to go with uh, a solid MVP, you know, as soon as we get uh, the approval. Okay. Uh, maybe one more question on the Mogo trade or, or, you know, this is a free stock trading app. I know that you are intending to use this to monetize your, you know, your Mogo member base. Uh, perhaps I'll just get you to refresh, you know, to what extent you've factored anything related to Mogo trade into, you know, your updated guidance here, which, which you've increased this quarter. Um, yeah, so it is free stock trading. Uh, having said that, there is a monetization model to it, uh, in particular through the FX side, um, so uh, w w which you know. So um, this is a a product that um, uh, that we expect to monetize um, users directly, as well as be a product that actually drives engagement and opportunities to monetize more broadly. Um, so I think there's sort of two benefits to the monetization model there. Um, I would say yes, there is some um, revenue associated with Mogo Trade in our in our guidance. It was a, uh, the increase in guidance was a combination uh, of the mo the increased momentum we've got in our core business today, uh, and the momentum and confidence we have going into 2022 on it, um, as well as our our confidence to get Mogo Trade um, launched and and make an impact uh, during 2022 as well. Okay, well, that answers my next question. Um, you mentioned something in your prepared remarks about this being, you know, the, the biggest investment you've ever made, standing up this Mogo Trade platform. I wonder, I just out of curiosity, what you know, if you'd quantify what you think the amount of investment is. I'm sure, just trying to get an idea of, you know, the barriers to entry to to do something like this. Um, yeah, so so I'll I'll touch on that uh, um, first. Um, look, I, I I would say that. Their direct costs uh, um, associated with Mogo Trade um, are, are are I think in the in ultimately going to be in the tens of millions. Um, but but if you actually look at it, our ability to even uh, launch Mogo Trade and be in the position that we're in um, is a combination of the the acquisition of Mocha, uh, bringing the, the the team around the table that has all the pieces and the capabilities that we need there. Um, as well as the development capabilities that we've got at MoGo, uh, and then you sort of layer on the the member base that we've got and our ability to leverage that member base um, as part of the launch, uh, and um, uh, you know, and just the scale from a regulatory and compliance perspective. Also, by the way, that that we think is needed in this market. I mean, if you look at the crypto market, 
Um, that's been an unregulated market in Canada, as you know, barriers to entry there are very low. Our general view is that increasingly we are going to see crypto uh, trading on the retail side flow into those players that actually can do stock trading as well. That barrier, we believe, is much higher, uh, the regulatory barrier, the capital barrier, um, and really just sort of putting all those pieces together. Um, uh, so I think it's a combination of, of all of those things. Uh, by the way, we also think there are geographic barriers given the, the regulatory environment in Canada, both on the equity side and on the crypto side. Um, so I think, you know, we, we, we definitely believe that there are a number of barriers here um, that I think position MoGo well, given the assets that we've got on the table and the opportunity to leverage those assets as part of the launch of, of MoGo Trade. Uh, one one last question for me I'm on the the crypto side. Um, you provided a little bit of color into the financial performance of CoinSquare. It's obviously a pretty material asset now for 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 Mogo. Um, uh, first of all, do you, can you just reiterate or uh, repeat what the 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 revenue run rate for for CoinSquare is, and you know, is it operating profitably once you look past some of those equity-related machinations that you mentioned? I, I know the net income that shows up in your income statement is not always a good representation of the, you know, the operating uh, profitability of, of an asset like that. Um, any other color you can give us would be useful. Um, sure. So. Um... Uh, I guess, look, uh, what we did comment on on revenue that CoinSquare uh, has seen in a pickup in October. Um, as you know, this is a volatile sector, so it's it's difficult to just pick out run rates. But at that level, that would be north of, of, of a $43 million revenue run rate um, based on, on the recent October results. Um, and I would say also at that scale, um, uh, CoinSquare is profitable. Um, and uh, CoinSquare as well, though, is making a significant investment in their platform um, uh, and their business as well. So, you know, profitability, as you know, in these businesses is a function of the profitability and the margin contribution of the business and the level of investment that the business is looking to, to make in their platform and new products, et cetera. Obviously, CoinSquare as, a, as its own company makes those decisions as well. But that's sort of the high level metrics I'd give you. Okay, I uh, appreciate the extra color. I will pass the line. Thanks. Next question is from Scott Buck of HC Wainwright. Your line is now open. Hi, good afternoon, guys. Congrats on the uh, the quarter. Thanks, Scott. Quickly on, on Mogo Trade, can you remind us, is that going to be a wide rollout or are you going to specific uh, members first and then rolling wider? Uh, sometime in 2022. And then also, can you discuss a little bit of the marketing and promotion uh, for those of us that are here in the States, um, what you guys are, are doing up there? So, yeah, I would say in terms of the, the rollout, um, definitely initially we're going to be inviting existing uh, members uh, to, to Mogo Trade. So, you know, one of the ways we built this, as we mentioned before, it is going to be a separate app. So, is going to be a, a separate app similar to a, a Robinhood app down in the States, uh, but it is linked to the Mogo account. So our existing members with an existing Mogo account will actually be able to download that uh, app and be able to log directly into it. Um, and then and then that's obviously one of the, the points in terms of what it's taking to kind of build this out. Obviously, 
you know, a core part of our platform that we've already built out as relates to just onboarding, KYC, payments, all of these things obviously are being leveraged in trade, but they're also in integrated. So as we said before, um, you know, somebody will be able to transfer money, for example, from the mogul card directly into their trade account and, and vice versa, right? Same thing's going to happen uh, even on, on crypto. So uh, that also then kind of brings people into that, that broader um, ecosystem of our, of our products. So initially, when we uh, get approval, uh, we'll be launching uh, through an invitation to our existing members. Uh, we'll also be marketing essentially a, a, a wait list as well to kind of build up for those that just want to wait until the actual, they can download the app and sign up for that. Um, and uh, there's, you know, you're getting a sense in this presentation a little bit of the brand, although it is called Mogo Trade. Uh, Mogo Trade is actually going to have its own brand and own vibe as it relates to both the, the product uh, UI and the brand itself. Uh, and we are working on a, on a, on a broader-based campaign, including, you know, quite a few event-level items, um, let, you know, partnering with uh, influencers and some other kind of creative things to, to, to market kind of mogul trade uh, more broadly. Uh, and then potentially even including a, a TV campaign uh, in early next year. Okay, super. That's, that's very helpful. Um, second, it looks like you know member growth is still running at kind of uh, elevated levels. Is there a particular product or, or service that's driving that? I mean, is it crypto? Is it the card? Or is it more just broadly the, the overall value proposition of, uh, of a MoGo membership? So, yeah, as Dave, I would say it really is um, kind of our broader value prop. Um, we have uh, many members coming in for uh, our Today, our passive investment and investing solution. Um, we also obviously have people coming directly for card, uh, for Bitcoin. Obviously, we still have a lending business as well. So, you know, there, and, and I think that's part of what we saw in terms of just our, our performance relative to what you're obviously starting to see in the crypto space is not only that volatility, but a strong desire to broaden a product offering um, so that you're not just dependent on, on crypto. Um, so, you know, I think uh, today we feel pretty uh, confident in, you know, most of the products that we have today and, and each one of them has their, has its own path for, for driving uh, member signups. Ultimately, we believe trade, you know, especially obviously just given the, the excitement around kind of retail trading, uh, will, will be by far our biggest kind of driver of growth and, and net new growth going forward once, once we launch it. Great, that, that's helpful. And then last one for me, uh, you know, interest revenue is still caught 40% of the, the business or so. Can you give us a little bit of an update on the, the lending environment and, and the outlook there for 2022? Um, yeah, so um, look, you know, that, that product continues to be a, a, a very strong performing product for us um, and uh, an attractive yield and a strong cash flow generator. Um, you know, and, and obviously, just more broadly in the fintech space, you know, we've seen we've seen on the credit side that really kind of rise in importance, whether it's the the affirms or the afterpays uh, of the world. Um, and and so we continue to like that product. It will it we don't expect it to uh, we expect it to continue to be a contributor to growth, but the main driver of growth will continue to be subscription services revenue. Um, you know, in general, uh, we we are. Uh, we believe there is a 
a significant opportunity there with that product going into 2022. Again, as the economy uh, opens up more broadly, um, uh, we, we think that there's going to continue to be um, strong demand there, and we're continuing to see you know strong credit performance there. So again, it's an attractive product. It's you know if you if you look at our history, you know it's a product that uh, that we've been uh, doing for for well over 15 years. Deep credit expertise. Um, and, and a nice complement uh, to uh, the rest of the, the, the products that we've got. Ultimately, we don't believe it's possible for you to be uh, um, uh, in number one or a key part of a consumer's financial wallet if you are not willing to uh, offer some form of credit. Uh, and that's why you're really seeing more and more fintechs, if not all fintechs, get into that side of it. But it's a hard business to get into. Uh, unless you've been doing it for a number of years like we have. And um, so, you know, we, we continue, continue to like it as a complement to the rest of the product portfolio. Okay, that's uh, that's great color. Uh, appreciate the time uh, today, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Next question is from Mark Palmer of BTIG. Your line's now open. Yes, uh, gentlemen, good afternoon. Um, looking at uh, the boost to the company's uh, fiscal 22 um, guidance. Um, just wanted to um, see if you could shed some light on uh, what the drivers are of that, uh, what makes you incrementally uh, more confident about the outlook for 22, and to what extent is uh, MOGO trade or the impact from MOGO trade reflected in that guidance? Yeah, uh, thanks, Mark. Um, so I, I guess a couple of things. Obviously, I think we, you know, meaningfully outperformed this quarter uh, um, versus uh, where the street was, um, and and obviously that outperformance as well as the guidance for um, and our confidence in in Q4 raising that guidance, you know, tells you that we have uh, increasing confidence in our core, the growth of our core business. Um, and look, the last time we gave that that guidance, that was the first time we ever gave next year revenue guidance. So I think we took a, you know, we were we were taking a conservative approach, and as we continue to execute um, and uh, and and see uh, um, the, the the model working, that gives us more confidence to to up that guidance. So it's a combination of. Um, you know, the strong growth we've seen in our core business and the confidence we have that we can continue to drive growth in 2022. Um, and yeah, the, the original guidance um, we said it was, you know, really minimal impact from uh, MOGO Trade. But again, as, as we get closer to launch of MOGO Trade, um, we, we have, you know, more confidence in our ability to include um, some amount of, uh, of revenue in 2022. Uh, so I would say it's a it's a combination of of both of those things, um, but I think we're we we feel good about um, uh, where we are, just given the momentum and and the opportunities to drive further momentum with Mogo Trade. Very good, thanks very much, and uh, and very nice quarter. Thank you. Next question is from Adir Kadi of Eight Capital. Your line's now open. Great, thanks guys uh, for taking my questions. <clears throat> uh, I just want a question on the Mocha business overall. Can you maybe can give us some details on how that business is trending and what you're seeing in that business? And then just follow up to that, how the cross-sell efforts are coming within Mocha and Mogo, uh, or sorry, between Mocha and Mogo? So, 
Yeah, it's Dave. I would say um, we're continuing to see see good traction on the Mocha business. Uh, and again, we're kind of we look at that overall as kind of what we call Mogo Invest. Um, our obviously our focus and priority has actually been all on trade, and so a lot of the opportunities that we still have, including Mocha and Mogo, um, we expect to actually come post post trade. So, um, you know, although there's opportunities to do the odd campaign, uh, the big difference, say, with trade and, um, and Mocha is, as I said before, Mocha today, for example, is a separate app with a separate login uh, compared to Mogo. So those two, two are not synced, um, whereas trade is actually going to be synced. So if you are already an existing Mogo member, um, you don't have to pass KYC, it's all the same information, you can transfer between accounts, et cetera, et cetera, all essentially like it's in, in one app. Um, the, you know, so that complement in terms of cross-sell between trade and MoGo, we expect is going to be, you know, 100x what, what obviously the MoCA opportunity is today. Our goal um, is to, to essentially integrate Mocha into the Mogo app and Mogo Trade. So essentially the, the three of them will all, all be integrated. Uh, and that's just something that we're going to be doing, you know, following post the launch of trade. Um, but it just kind of shows you our general belief in, in the opportunity with trade. Um, and I think, you know, it's pretty easy to see trade as, a, again, think about trade as a platform for trading. We just happen to be start, starting with uh, equity stocks first and then obviously expanding. I mean, you, uh, you know, crypto, NFTs, there's, there's a whole host of other products that, you know, could be brought into to trade. Uh, and then, um, you know, once, once that is going, uh, our goal is uh, hopefully at some point next year, um, kind of the integration where Mocha is integrated into that ecosystem so you get that same synergies. That's great. That's uh, very, very helpful. Thank you. And then just maybe on the Sunlight partnership that you guys uh, announced, I guess, yesterday and today, can you maybe talk about how that came out and what your, um, what your expectations are for that partnership? Sure. Um, so that was actually a partnership opportunity that was started by the MoCA, MoCA team pre-acquisition. So obviously these guys are a large company uh, takes a long time just to even get to to that type of uh, a partnership opportunity you know they have you know a member base in Canada of I think around six million so you know it's obviously a big opportunity um, you know the fact that we're even at this milestone of doing this this pilot with you know 20,000 is obviously material and, and again I bet you it's you know it's taken well over a year to, to get to, to this, this spot. So, you know, we're, I think we're hopeful and confident that um, they're going to see good value in it and hopefully that that expands. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, but it does just show you the types of potential partnership opportunities that, you know, increasingly we're, we're seeing with our kind of broader, broader platform. And obviously that's a, going to be in a, an increasingly important part of our marketing strategy as well. It's not just out there with direct-to-consumer marketing is continuing to find, you know, partnership opportunities. Obviously, the more we kind of build out our differentiated value proposition, 
the more of their, their, those opportunities are, are available as well. So I think that's hopefully going to be the first of what we hope to be many types of those, those partnership opportunities in the future. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate all the color, guys. Congrats on the quarter. I'll pass the link. Thank you. Next question is from Stephen Lee of Raymond James. Your line's now open. Thank you. Um, hey, guys. Uh, on your uh, fiscal 2022 guidance, um, how much of MoGo trade you got in there? So, yeah, so, Stephen, we're, we're not – uh, we're not breaking it down into specifics. As I said, I think the way to think about it is in our original guidance, uh, um, we had very little uh, from MoGo Trade. Um, and I think the increased guidance is a combination of, you know, um, uh, increased confidence in core growth of our uh, growth of our existing core business, as well as Starting to bring um, some amount of, of Mogo Trade uh, revenue into uh, into that guidance, so it's a combination of the two. But we're we're not we're not at this point breaking it out specifically. Okay, that's uh, that's good. Um, and then uh, Greg on Mogo Spend, um, can you give us a range in terms of monthly transaction volume? Is it between 10, 10 and twenty five, or, or maybe even higher? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I, I would say we're again we're not breaking out specifics on the products. What what I would say is we're we're very early days on on the card. Um, it is our fastest revenue growth driver um, in our subscription and services revenue um, uh, by you know by a meaningful margin uh, right now, uh, and and we continue to to see that uh, um, you know being the case uh, for a while here. Um, you know, at least before we we get Mogo Trade up and running, um, but we're we're still early days on that, and we see a, a massive opportunity for for that card to continue to grow. Um, I think this quarter was really a combination of, and I one of the things we try to highlight in our presentation is it's a combination of of really everything working together, uh, the savings investing, um, payment processing, uh, growth from new products like card. Um, uh, and you know other subscription services revenue. It's all of those together, despite the fact that you know crypto, as everybody knows, was uh, was not a big performer in Q3 in the sector. You know we were able to, I think, uh, exceed expectations on the strength of the rest of those products. So we, we like the diversified revenue model that we've got, uh, but and and we do believe absolutely that card is going to become a, a more meaningful part of the revenue. And, and I think as it does become that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if it makes sense to get break up more of the detail. Got it. Very helpful. And then uh, maybe my last one on CoinSquare. Uh, for the month of October, um, are we back at the level, revenue level we saw back in the spring, like $67 million a month, or are we not quite there yet? No, we're, 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 no, we're, not, we're not back at that, at that level yet. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Thank you, participants. I'll now turn it back over to Dave Feller for closing remarks. Okay. Well, thanks again for your time today. Uh, we appreciate all the questions and uh, following the mogul, and we look forward to updating you um, after Q4 and our year end. Thanks again. That concludes today's conference call.
Thank you all for joining. You may now disconnect. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.